Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Straight into your living room, your office, your cubicle, or even into your car or your device, however, wherever you may be listening to us. Thanks so much for making us part of your day. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, do we have a great show for you. Graham Gano 
made a 63-yard field goal. He's going to join us. Interesting story on how he became a kicker I want to get to. I believe he kicked a 71-yarder in high school. 71-yarder in high school that was waved off because some dope committed a penalty. How about that? How'd you like to do that? You kick a 71-yarder like, nah, sorry, false start. No, wait, wait, that counts. Nah, false start. Holding, legal procedure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We got a lot to get to. Stephen A. doing the race baiting thing. Why we won't take the bait, but we kind of will. That upcoming. Got my thoughts on Lonzo Ball after we heard what LeBron said about Lonzo Ball. But let's react to last night. No, not the Red Sox beatdown of the Yankees. Are you kidding me? 16 to 1? 16 to 1? 16 to 1? I can't remember a beating like that one since, since, if you remember, the Red Sox last had a three games to none lead on the Yankees. There was that type of beatdown, but it's a seven game series. This is a five game series. And now the Yankees have to stave off elimination. Astros eliminate the Indians. Dodgers eliminate the Braves. And the Rockies were eliminated seemingly before that series ever began. So we're waiting on one game or potentially two games in the ALDS to decide who's in the CSs in the AL side. All right, man, we got a lot to get to. Oh, yeah, Andrew Breeze, now the all-time passing yardage leader which I'm told is a great thing and I believe is a great thing. And here's the thing. Here's how I do it. Okay. My job is not to be fanboy. Your job's to be fanboy or your job's to be the hater. My job's to give you opinion, but also give you context within that opinion. I have to contextualize what he's done, when he's done it, and how it measures up with some of the great quarterbacks historically. Drew Brees had an amazing career. Um, Some success early on in San Diego. There were issues with arm strength, with size, with accuracy. And then he was going to be replaced by Phillip Rivers, and he got hurt. Again, to tell the full context of it, Phillip Rivers was going to be the quarterback. And Drew Brees got hurt. Phil Bridges did not become the quarterback because Drew Brees got hurt. It was Drew Brees' last game. It's kind of a celebration. Everybody liked him, but everybody realized, kind of like, kind of like Alex Smith last year with the Reds, with, with the Kansas City Chiefs, or Alex Smith with the 49ers, although he had more success with the Niners and a little bit more success um, in Kansas City than Drew Brees had in San Diego. The idea was San Diego believed they had topped out with Drew Brees and that Philip Rivers could take them to the next level, which, by the way, Philip Rivers shortly thereafter actually did. They went from a team that won, I think, at most 11 games to winning 14 regular season games. Both, of course, failed in the playoffs. So he gets hurt, and nobody wants him because if you ever saw, if you've ever seen a shoulder like that, you're like, nobody's coming back from that injury. He did. He turned around a New Orleans team that I believe had won one playoff game in the history of their franchise to winning a Super Bowl this after Katrina. All of these great things. I can tell you, without a shadow of a doubt, that Drew Brees is a tremendous quarterback, has had a spectacular career, but he's not one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. He's benefited greatly from playing in a dome, playing uh, under Sean Payton, and playing for a long time, and playing, being one of the first in in this generation of guys 
that have played long enough where 4,000 yards is a new 3,000 yards and 5,000 yards is a new 4,000 yards. Plus, he's played on some teams with some bad defenses, which has given him more opportunities to throw the ball more. He's basically Steve Nash with a title. And Steve Nash might have won a title if not for the one-game suspension of Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw. We actually talked about this yesterday. He's Steve Nash. By using, at first, Reggie Bush and then others, guys uh, guys that were hybrids, or using LaDainian, LaDainian Tomlinson. Using guys who could catch the ball in the backfield, create mismatches with people, with outstanding play caller in Sean Payton, playing indoors. Like, look, the numbers of him playing indoors versus outdoors are stark in comparison. If you want to tell me that's being a hater, well, then you're not actually listening to me. I think he's really good. But I also think that he's been helped out by circumstance. Here's Drew Brees setting the record. Ball spotted at the Saints 38-yard line. First and 10, 246 remaining. Saints lead it 20 to 6. Brees has completed passes to eight different receivers already. He starts in the shotgun, drops back, looks to the far sideline, wide open. Traquan Smith. And Traquan Smith is going to go to the end zone. Drew Brees has done it. You have just witnessed history in New Orleans. Drew Brees is the NFL's all-time leading passer. It's one thing to do it. It's another thing to do it on a touchdown pass. Here's Drew Brees. That was on the Saints radio network. Here's Drew Brees after the game. Didn't know it was going to happen on the first play <laughs> to Traquan, but um, I don't think it could have happened in any better fashion than it did. And to have then that moment with my teammates on the field, the offensive line, it played out even greater than I ever could have imagined. I tried to rehearse the scenario in my mind this week just so I could really focus on the game. But uh, to then have the moment with Sean and Mr. Baker from the Hall of Fame and, and then my boys and, and my wife, Brittany, and my daughter, Rylan, that was just it was incredible. Pretty incredible stuff. Drew, Br- Drew, Drew Brees, uh, who I think is also one of the good guys. But we should also point out that... The seven and the disappointing seven and nine seasons help him statistically. That playing in a dome helps him statistically. That playing till he's 39 helps him statistically. And that um and he took a bunch of money during his not this contract, but the previous contract, which hurt them defensively, which helped him statistically, but hurt his overall team. I think all of this is contextualization of what is a storybook career. And he's opened the door for other diminutive quarterbacks, the Russell Wilsons, the Baker Mayfields, and maybe the Tua Devialogas of the world. Whereas in the past, they were too small to remain in the pocket. Here's a true pocket passer who's shown that size is in fact just a number. So, I like Drew Brees. No, no. I love Drew Brees and Drew Drew Brees' story. But am I taking him ahead of Brady? No. Am I taking him ahead of Rodgers? No. Am I taking him ahead of Peyton? No. Montana? No. Elway? No. Marino? No. Just proper contextualization. But man. What a way! What a way to set the record! What a way to set the record! And Saints are pretty good this year. Saints are pretty good this year. 
How about he sets the record on a touchdown on the, the, the you know that quickly in the game? Where you just test that down and you grab a beer, you grab a coke, you say, like, well, I want to see Drew Brees break this record. But um, look, some of this is a a stat accumulator record. I remember when Lenny Wilkins broke the all-time wins record in the NBA. I was seen as the bad guy because I pointed out, you know, he's also the all-time losing Louisiana's coach in NBA history. Then Don Nelson passed Lenny Wilkins, and nobody considers Don Nelson one of the great elite coaches. Passing yards is not necessarily the sign of an all-time great quarterback. He's great. The story's great. But oftentimes, we get caught up in the good of the story, the positive of the story, and we don't give it contextualization. If you want to tell me that I'm a Breeze hater, that's fine. All I am is a realist. He's given New Orleans a chance time and again. And when they've had a defense, they've been a playoff team or a playoff contender. It also kind of gives a little bit of a nod to Tony Romo, who, believe it or not, Sean Payton wanted before he could get Drew Brees. And Romo, whose career is maligned in the fact that he only won one playoff game. Shows you got to have a defense. Got to have a little luck. Got to have timing of your season lining up with your team being really good. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joel Klatt joins us. He's done just about everything here at Fox. He's hosted on weekends during the National Football League. Have you done sideline for the NFL yet? No, I have not. You're beating me to it. Yeah, I know, but you're, you're probably going to do something like golf or other stuff, like anchor for golf. You're going to take over for well, Buck. That's I, what I'm I've I've already done some golf. It was just on the digital side. So yeah, you know, I've, I've been, I've done a little of that. Um, okay. So do I wear Crockett's gear from uh, Miami Vice or do I play it straight? <laughs> you should probably play, play it straight. I wish you would do the Miami Vice. That'd be great. Oh, I would love to see it. I oh. mean, you'd set Twitter on fire. I, that, that's, that, I think that's the goal. Anyway, Joel that Clatt- is the, you know what? That's probably the goal. You're, you're right. Joe, Joel Klatt joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let me ask you quickly, as a former quarterback, watching Breeze, watching Drew Breeze, and I remember yeah. you were, I think you were still playing pro baseball when he was at Purdue, and he brought the forward pass to the Big Ten. Uh, he, and, he and Joe Tiller slinging that thing around. Um, contextualize uh, Drew Brees from a quarterback's perspective. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, he, he breaks a lot of molds, right? I mean, I think he is one of the big reasons why we see guys like, let's say, Russell Wilson in the National Football League, and then that uh, allowed more dominoes to fall, and that's why guys like Case Keenum in it are in the league, and now guys like Baker Mayfield are in the league. Uh, and, and I think that, in large part, was due to Drew and, and what – you know, he has meant to the game, really, Doug, for a, for a long time. And let's face it, the fact that he's a New Orleans Saint, think about it this way, is the reason that we are witnessing the greatest decade of dominance in college football that we've ever seen at Alabama. Because if Drew goes to Miami, you can make a strong argument that Nick Saban is still the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Yep. Yep, and and tr- and and all of history, cha- college football, the complete history of college football changes, right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and real quick, I do have a, a real quick personal story because right after he did sign with New Orleans, and remember, he, 
part of what Miami was so concerned about is he had just blown his shoulder out in, in uh, San Diego in a game against Denver. And so New Orleans took the shot on him. It's right after Katrina. They're going to be back in the Dome this next season in the fall of 2006. Well, there was a, a, a journeyman college quarterback that got an undrafted workout with the New Orleans Saints, and it was me. And I got a contract and was there for OTAs when Drew was trying to rehab and get back. This dude was all class all the time. Came over the first day I signed, and you know how th- those type of situations go, Doug. I didn't know one single person there. They had just drafted Reggie Bush. They're, they're trying to you know, come back for the city. I'm sitting in the lunchroom in New Orleans. He comes over and sits next to me, and we ended up having lunch. He's an unbelievable guy, and I was struck by his work ethic. Here's a guy who's just had surgery. So he's in one of those slings, arm slings, that wasn't just, you know, a normal sling. It had like the pillow between his body and the arm. And you can tell like his arm is totally locked. He can't move it. He can't do really anything because he's basically gotten his shoulder reconstructed. Well, guess what he used to do? He used to get there before any of us would get there in the summertime. And this guy's arm was shredded after surgery. And he would get on the treadmill, set it to about two miles an hour and do a drop back on the treadmill for for miles. Basically, just that like crossover as if he was dropping back in his sling. I, I'll always remember that. I just thought to myself, you know, so, there's something about this guy. And this is before he blew up. And obviously, they would go to the playoffs that year. And then a couple of years later, they would win a Super Bowl. But I always think back to that moment. I walked in. It was probably 5.50, maybe 6 a.m. And, and I walk in the facility. And Drew is drenched in sweat dropping back on the treadmill in his sling. And uh, that just goes to show you his work ethic and why he climbed the mountain that he did last night. Joel Klatt, lead analyst for Fox's college football coverage, joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Is Texas back or was Oklahoma's defense just a wasteland? Well, maybe a little bit of both. Um, I think Oklahoma's defense was a wasteland. They barely put up a fight against them. They cannot tackle big wide receivers. It's been a problem uh, for a long time for them, in particular this season. Having said that, Texas looked great. I mean, I got to tell you, and, and think about it this way, Doug. For the first time in a decade, you can say the Big 12 title or a birth in the Big 12 title goes through Austin. And you might be thinking, whoa, 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 Joel, West Virginia's undefeated. Yeah, guess where West Virginia has to go? To Austin, Texas, the first week in November. So if you're going to say, like, is Texas back? Um, I don't know. Are they competing for the national title on a consistent basis? Probably not right now. We'll see as they move forward. But I can say this. Texas is back in control of the Big 12 because West Virginia is going to come down to their place. And I, and I got to tell you, with the way they're playing, the way Sam Ellinger is playing, I would absolutely believe that they're a team that's going to be in Dallas again for that Big 12 championship game. Right now, Oklahoma's behind the eight ball. They've got to go to West Virginia. It's going to be a bit of an upset if Oklahoma can get back into this race and ultimately uh, find themselves in potentially a rematch in that championship game. They, they still nearly came back. Well, that was incredible and unbelievable. Up three touchdowns, ten and a half to go. I'm like, it's over, and then they score three quick ones, and Texas is stuck in neutral. I, I got to ask you, though, about Mike Stoops, who had been there before as D coordinator, then left, got the Arizona job. That didn't work out. He comes back. The, the stat I saw was 21 times Oklahoma had a team in the red zone, 21 times the other team has come away with points. How has this happened? How is the, I mean, Oklahoma's run with Bob Stoops was built upon that defense that he and his brother built. How did this happen? Well, that's a great question. Part of it is that I think that this league just beat you down over, over the years. 
And they had a, a period where they just didn't recruit very well on the defensive side, and in particular on the defensive line. And let's face it now, there has been a shift in college football. You know, when I was playing, Doug, and in the middle of the 2000s, some great defensive linemen came out of the Big 12. But I would make the case that as the high school football in Texas went almost 100% towards the spread, one of the positions that was ultimately hurt the most in development was defensive line. If you look at, at the players that are, are farmed for the Big 12, it's generally the state of Texas, and I would argue that the state of Texas does not have great high school defensive linemen anymore. Those great defensive linemen come from Alabama, they come from Florida, and more in particularly, they come from Georgia. That Atlanta area and that Georgia kind of corridor is where great defensive linemen are coming, and that's why the SEC can still play great defense because at some degree it's still about getting a defensive tackle in there and owning the line of scrimmage, and that is something that Oklahoma has not had the ability to do, and quite frankly no Big 12 team has, has been able to do that. And Texas is just starting to get back to there. There's a couple of kids a year that they've got to get, and they're starting to get them. Yeah, it's interesting because they throw the ball so much in high school football as opposed to Alabama and Georgia, who they still have some so, you know, some teams that, that run it more and more kind of traditional high school offenses. Joel Klatt joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's go up to the Big Ten, where Michigan, aside from falling behind early to Northwestern and coming back and winning, the defense has been excellent. They've been dominant. They got Wisconsin coming in, kind of the first big test since the, since the Notre Dame test that they failed. Turns out Notre Dame's a little better than we thought. And Michigan uh, may be kind of coming into form. What are your thoughts on whether or not Michigan is where they're supposed to be as opposed to where they were the first game of the season? Well, what, you know, Michigan is outside of the one quarter that they played against Notre Dame. See, I would make the argument, and people have said that I'm totally crazy, but I would make the argument if you actually watch the game on film against Notre Dame, they were generally the better team for three quarters but they had the two bombs hit on them in the first quarter, and they just could never come back from that. And Notre Dame did a great job getting after the quarterback. But as, as Shea Patterson has, has settled in, Doug, and become more comfortable, they're getting better offensively. They're starting to run the football a little bit better. The offensive line has developed a little bit. And guess where their defense is? Right where we thought they would be, the number one defense in the country. And when it comes to yards per play, number one defense in the country, under four yards per play. This is a team that I believe is Jim Harbaugh's best team, but they're only going to be considered that if they can get through this little bit of a, a stretch, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State. If, if they can get through this unscathed, all of a sudden you're going to start to think to yourself, hey, boy, they're going to play Ohio State for the right to go to the Big Ten championship game and maybe for the right to go to the playoff. But for right now, they just got to take it step, uh, step by step. For uh me – I like them against Wisconsin. The reason is, Doug, is that Wisconsin has been unimpressive to me so far this year. The loss to BYU, they really should have gotten beat at Iowa in a game that I did. They got somewhat lucky that Iowa made some critical mistakes in that game. So I think Michigan's going to win this game, but they're going to need to because that, that narrative of Jim Harbaugh doesn't win big games is going to hang over them until they start winning these ones. Uh, I think you're, you're going to be at Minnesota, uh, Ohio State, correct? That's right. That's okay. right. We're going to go see uh, Dwayne Haskins get it on. Yeah, and he, he struggled at times against Penn State under pressure. Uh, they mm -hmm. were better in the second half against Indiana. It feels like, look, and I think Haskins is a, the first kind of legit thrower they've had uh, you know, since this, since this coaching staff got there. On the other hand, I don't feel like their defense is as dominant without Bosa. And it, it kind of, like, I, 
I have operated on the assumption that it's going to be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and somebody we're going to argue about. That's what my, since the first kickoff until now, that's what I'm convinced of. I'm a little bit less convinced of Ohio State. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think that if, here's the devil's advocate. Let me just throw it out out to to you this way. Trace McSorley had not lost at home. Penn State's a really good team that has a Big Ten championship, you know, very, you know, in the near past, if you will. And Ohio State went in there with a first-year starting quarterback and without their best player and won. See, I actually think that was, that when I look at college football, the only team that I think can actually line up and play with Bama is Ohio State. Um, I understand that they didn't do well against the pressure that Penn State was putting on them, and, and, and I'm not saying that they would beat Alabama, but they are uniquely suited to actually compete in that environment because their offense has the ability to be explosive. Defensively, they, they clearly can dominate at times. They've got one of the best pass rushers in all of college football, even without Bosa, because of a young guy that no one really knows about, but they're going to soon. His name is Chase Young, a defensive end. Um, I'm bullish on Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State is is right where they need to be. They're probably going to get a, a little bit healthier over the next couple of weeks, and when they get Bosa back, then watch out. Joel Klatt joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Last thing, any chance anybody beats Bama? I mean, as of now, I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I, and if they do run the table, we're going to start to have the conversation, Doug, is this one of the best teams ever? You know, and I think it's going to be considered one of, you know, the two or three best teams ever if they can run the table. However, we have seen this, you know, time and time again. You see it in basketball all the time. Kentucky was going to be the greatest team since sliced bread until Wisconsin beat them. It's so interesting when you get these teams that constantly blow people out. And then you get them into the fire of a close game, and it's almost like they freak out. You know, they're trying to protect their perfect record rather than just execute the play in front of them. I think that's going to be the best chance that somebody has to beat Alabama is get them in a game late, and maybe they panic. Um, of course, maybe not, but I tell you, this Alabama team is, is awfully good. They're starting to get uh, some attrition now. They've got some injuries on the defensive side that's clearly going to affect them, and we'll just see to what extent. Uh, It's going to be fascinating to see if anybody can catch up to Bama, see if Georgia can maintain their undefeated record this weekend in the SEC. Great stuff. Uh, Safe travels to Columbus, and thanks for joining us, Joel. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Have a good one. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. In baseball during the steroid era, guys were hitting bombs into their late 30s. Barry Bonds. In baseball, there's a general cycle, right? come out of high school or you come out of college, come out of high school, you go right to the minors. It takes you a couple years, four or five years. You work your way up into the majors. Once you're in your in the majors, four years in, you go to arbitration. If you're good enough, you get a big deal. You get a new deal. You last. Once you hit your early 30s, now all of a sudden your production starts to fade. You can't catch up to fastballs. You can't play 162. You then, all of a sudden, you become maybe a pinch hitter or maybe a spot reliever and by mid-30s, only a few guys are still around. But what steroids did in baseball was guys like Roger Clemens, guys like Barry Bonds, guys like Sammy Sosa, guys picked the guy, they got into their mid-30s, and they got better instead of getting worse. And what did it do? It caused for a backload of players who are in the minors to never get a shot in the majors. Well, look at the NFL right now. 
How old's Drew Brees? And with Drew Brees playing as well as he's playing right now, does it seem like he's going to retire anytime soon? And I'll grant you some of this is talk to me later on in the season when he starts to feel the wear. But you ask guys that played in the NFL, they'll tell you, man, I would have kept playing forever. My arm, I can still throw. We have Trent Dilfer on, I guarantee if I ask him, he'd like, I could still throw. Kurt Warner, I played back. Kurt Warner, remember you wanted to come back two years ago when Carson Palmer got hurt? Because he could still throw. Jeff George did, in fact, come back after getting hurt. Now you can't touch these guys. Can't hit him below the knee. Can't hit him above the neck. Can't drive him into the ground. When they're in the, in the pocket, they're completely protected and they're getting rid of it quicker than ever. And you can't touch wide receivers after five yards down the field at all. Drew Brees is 39 years old, and that is a good thing that he's still playing. Tom Brady's in his 40s, and that is a good thing that he's still playing. And neither of them are showing any signs of wear and tear. But by elongating how long they're playing, by playing for longer, Ben Roethlisberger's 36, and I don't think Ben Roethlisberger's great, but why would he stop playing? There ain't a place on earth you can make over $10 million after playing if you're a football player. You know, Philip Rivers is 36 years old. Philip Rivers showing signs of wear and tear. Philip Rivers has played over 200, started over 200 consecutive games. Hell, Eli Manning isn't even any good, but he's 37 years old, still playing. Why are these guys playing so much longer? Because you can't hit them. So the NFL is like supply has supply and demand. The demand for quarterbacks has never been greater. And the supply, I do believe, will increase because at the high school and youth level, guys are playing flag football, passing the league more. They're passing more in high school, whereas it used to be three yards in a cloud of dust. And then they get to the college and they're passing more. True, they don't know how to read defenses. It's not as intricate a defense or as offense as they are in the NFL, but they can throw a football. There's plenty of guys with arm talent in college football. But there's going to be less jobs available. The demand will be less. Look at teams that are going to draft in the top 10 of the draft if the draft were today. Colts, they need a quarterback? Negatory. Bills, Jets, they both have rookie quarterbacks. Right? Broncos, I think they need a quarterback, but the Case Keenum, that's a two-year deal. Raiders, nope. Texans, nope. Titans, nope. Eagles, nope. Cowboys, I think they should, but I think they're kind of committed to Dak. Give them three years as a starter. Like Washington, nope. Detroit, uh uh-uh. Minnesota, no chance. Green Bay, zero chance. Chicago and Trubisky, they're actually in first place, and Trubisky's only in the second year there. Tampa, maybe. Maybe if Jameis doesn't, but he's still got another year guaranteed money at $20 million, so no. Atlanta, no. Carolina, no. New Orleans, no. L.A., no. Seattle, no. Arizona, no. San Francisco, no. There's no jobs! There's no jobs! It's a dramatic change in the league that no one's paying attention to until this very moment. I'm not saying these guys staying around are a bad thing. But the... To every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, right? Isn't that what it, isn't that cause and effect? The longer quarterbacks play, 
star quarterbacks play in the NFL, the fewer jobs there are for young quarterbacks. Now, maybe that makes them better when they're ready. They don't start right away like they have this year, and eventually it ends up evening out, and we have depth at the quarterback position, something we have not had. But you're also going to have a backlog, and it's going to decrease the value of early draft pick quarterbacks. Because nothing was as golden as drafting a guy early and getting a franchise quarterback under the rookie tag. But now you're like, look, there's not that much demand, and there's more supply than ever. Think about that for a second. I think the Dolphins should be in the market, but they're not totally convinced. We'll see how it ends. That would be the only team in the AFC East. People thought Andy, they should get rid of Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. They're 4-1. Maybe Big Ben retires, but it sure doesn't feel like it. Might not be a new quarterback coming into the NFC North. NFC South? I mean, I don't love Blake Bortles, but it did take me to the AFC Championship game. He played great a couple weeks ago against, uh, against New England. And he signed a new contract. Oakland's not in the market. Kansas City clearly not in the market. Chargers want a guy who's an heir apparent, but not going to spend a first-round pick. And the Broncos, maybe. Like, there just aren't that many jobs because guys are playing so much longer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's a football hero in Carolina over the weekend. His name is Graham Gano. All he did was kick a 63-yard field goal. He kicked it. Wasn't he in the parking lot at the time? It felt like it was so far as from the parking lot against the New York Giants. He joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Graham, thanks so much for taking time. Um, I got to ask you, it's a couple days later. What's it feel like driving around town? Because as you know, you know, like you can be the goat one day, missing a field goal or an extra point, and then the hero the next. What have the last couple of days been like? Yep, I've been both of those, and uh, I'd definitely rather be the hero. <laughs> but uh, the last couple of days have been good, been very busy. Um, had a lot of uh, a lot of interviews and stuff, uh, a lot of messages on my phone. I think I still have about 250 texts to respond to, and I'm, I'm trying my best. But um, it's been fun. You know, uh, I'm a father of three, so, um, you know, they're – my wife and them are the most important things in my life. And, and then uh, I try to take care of the rest after that. But, yeah, it's definitely been a whirlwind. All right, I want to talk, talk a little bit about your life story because it's an interesting one. Uh, your dad was in the, in the service. That's why you were born in, in Scotland. You came over here when you were very little. And, I mean, you kicked in high school. You kicked at a, at a young age. When was the first – when did you become a kicker? Like, people don't grow up going, like, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be a kicker. When did it start for you? <laughs> Man, I never wanted to play football growing up. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, uh, I wanted to play for the either the Scottish or the U.S. national team for soccer. And uh, my freshman year of high school, I went out for the summer soccer program and found out that the uh, they didn't have enough boys to to like make up a team for it. So um, one of my buddies asked if I wanted to try kicking a football, and I gave it a shot. And I think I was hitting about 45, 50 yard field goals. And I mean, I had I hardly watched any football, so I didn't know if that was good or not. But uh, the coach signed me up and, and threw some huge so- shoulder pads on me, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, Pensacola, Florida, right? That's uh, it's kind of Is that Redneck Riviera, or do you have to go over to Destin to be considered Redneck Riviera? <laughs> 
Uh, I think we got some we got some rednecks down where I'm from. Uh, some of my best friends. But <laughs> have you ever been yeah. to the mullet? To- have you ever been to the mullet toss in Florida? I haven't. I haven't been there for that. I've uh, I've definitely witnessed a lot of mullet tosses, but I haven't haven't been to that one over there. Uh, tell me about the 64 yarder you kicked in high school. Your senior year, didn't you kick a 64 yarder in a game? Yep, we had a um, we called it the Hail Mary field goal. I kicked a 64, a 65, and a, I think we had a 71 yarder um, negated by a penalty. Whoa, 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 whoa! And, uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. 71 yard. So we're we're on the field. I'm trying. I'm doing the math here. 71. So it's uh, it's the other uh, shoot. I'm uh, seven yards 39. back. 30. So you're on your own 39 yard line. We were on our own 39. So in, in Florida, if it hits the end zone, it's a touchback. So our coach was like, you know what? We might as well give it a shot. And uh, we, we made a few of them. I think I missed, you know, four or five of them. But um, it was worth a shot. We okay, so 71-yard uh, field, field goal, who was, it, who was it against? You were Taft High School, I think. What? Uh, oh, man. Do you, do you remember who was uh, against? Yeah, we went to, um, let's see. I think we were playing Woodham High School. The coaches uh, – or the referees thought we were punting, so they didn't. They didn't uh, make it back there in time. <laughs> so they were, they were sprinting back when they found out we were kicking. And then uh, the 65 yarder was against uh, Fort Walton Beach High, and uh, Glenn Coffee was the running back there. I don't know if y'all remember. Yeah, him, of course, he, from uh, Alabama, absolutely. Yep. And then um, I think he rushed for like 300 yards on us that game. So that that kick put us up 10 to 7 they ended up blowing us out but um that was a fun one as well okay so what what is it now and what people don't know about you're also in like an all-state athlete too. you're a, a sprinter like you're 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 a tremendous high school athlete you weren't just like some some chubby kid who came out and toe kicked the ball like you could you could do a lot of <laughs> but what's the secret how are you able to generate that sort of power uh, outside of the fact that you're a native soccer player like what's what's the secret you know what um i I got to give all that to God. I think it's just a, a God-given talent. Um, ever since I was a kid, I've just always been able to kick a ball a long ways. And I remember the first time I realized I was trying out for a, a team, I think I was 10 or 11 years old, and nobody could kick the uh, the corner kicks in, like in the air. And I, I was doing it with ease. And I think that's the first time I really realized, wow, you know, maybe I, I have something here. And and uh, it's always been fun to me. My brothers played soccer growing up, and I always wanted to be like them. So, um, I think it's just come natural. The, but, the, uh, yeah, def- definitely a blessing and, and something that uh, something that I enjoy doing. Graham Gano joining us, a 63-yard field goal, record-tying 63-yard field goal for the Carolina Panthers. They get the win over the Giants on Sunday. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I think everybody remembers you at Florida State, obviously winning the Groza Award. Uh, but what those of us who know about Florida State football remember is, before I think you were among the first, like if if – Coach Bowden had you, right? If Coach Bowden had you for 10 years, yeah. he probably wins three or four more championships because Florida State forever was known as wide right you. When you got to Florida State, there's a lot of pressure to be one of the guys that finally makes the kicks. What was that like for you? You know what? That's, that's actually the reason I chose to go to Florida State. Um, I, I was a punter there for three years, but uh, my dream was to be a field goal kicker. And I wanted, you know, I grew up watching those games, and I was like, you know what, if I ever get the chance, I want to kind of help get rid of that um, that stigma of, you know, the wide right, wide left, and everybody making fun of Florida State kickers. So um, before me, you know, there was a lot of great ones. Uh, the kicker that was there when I was the punter, he was an All-American. And, you know, before him, there was an All-American. And then there's Janikowski before right. that. So they've had a, a rich, you know, history of kickers. It's just they've they've missed uh, those kicks against Miami. But yeah, that that was definitely a, a factor into you know why I went there. And 
you know, I've been surrounded by great people my whole life, and, and, you know, obviously I can't kick the ball by myself, so, you know, it takes a lot of people around me, and I've, I've been very blessed and fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of great folks that, that have uh, helped me along the way. I, I, was, uh, I was talking with an NFL GM the other day, and he was telling me, like, the weird thing about kickers are, because, um, you know, we were talking about Roberto Aguayo, another Florida State guy, another Groza Award winner, who, of course, doesn't have a job right now. He really struggled after being a second-round pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's kind of bounced around. He's like, Look, kickers are weird. A lot of times you're better off getting them on their second or third team than on their, on their first team. That's what happened to you, right? Undrafted free agent, went to Baltimore. Then you're playing, like, for the Las Vegas locomotives uh, before you really, really stuck in the NFL. I remember with the skins. Why, why is it that it takes kickers – sometimes a team or two before they finally stick in the league? Um, I mean, I think there's a whole lot of things that factor into that. Uh, me personally, the last time, you know, uh, before my senior year in college, the last time I kicked was in high school. And uh, so, you know, it was a lot of learning. I had to I had to learn a lot of things about kicking and especially playing in the uh, in the um, NFC East. It was, it was pretty tough. You know, we had some pretty tough conditions up there. And uh, so it was, I think it was a big learning experience for me. And, and you know, I think I had kind of had it figured out by the time the Redskins had let me go. I, I want to say I made like 13 of my last 14 with a block or something. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm thankful for that opportunity I had up there. And I learned a lot, even though uh, I had, had a lot of tough times. Um, you know what? I think it helped mold me into the, the kicker I am today. And, um, I mean, it's funny. You look at uh, Justin Tucker. I mean, he's arguably the best kicker in the game, and he goes undrafted. So you never really know. Um, I hope uh, we had Roberto here on practice squad last year, and uh, I think he's going to be great. I think if, if another team gives him a shot, I think he's going to do really well, and I was, I was impressed by him. Graham Gano joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I, I want to get to the kick from Sunday in a second, but how do you as a kicker and one that's had success process, like, I, yeah, I think you missed one in the Super Bowl. I remember – Wild card last year, you 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 missed like uh, I know you made a bunch, you made like four, but you missed a twenty five yarder, which you feel like you yeah. could do eyes closed. Like, what is? How do you like? How do you do? Do you do you try and figure out what you did wrong? Do you are you a next kick guy? Like, what's your process when you miss one? Yeah, I mean that that was man, that was frustrating. I mean those are ones. It's, sorry, it's I, sorry, I'm just I want to tell the whole story here. I'm I apologize. Oh, no, for no, that's, okay. That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I had the long one that game, 58 yards, yep. and then uh, the first drive of the game, I missed the 25. And, I mean, it was just me trying to do too much. I uh, I was thinking, you know, it's a close one. It's a gimme. Um, the only risk I thought that we had was it getting blocked. So, of course, I tried to hit it high and then totally just, you know, don't do my normal routine and it goes wide. So, uh, from then on, you know, I think we had four more opportunities and I just did the same thing. So, I think in that situation, it was just me trying to do too much. And, uh you know, that's, uh, I, I guess you start thinking too much, but, um, you know, just like the, the kick the other day, I, I've had a, a lot of those learning opportunities throughout my career. And, and you know, you can't really dwell on them, but you, you can choose to learn from them. And that's what I try to do every time. I mean, it doesn't make it any less frustrating, but um, at the same time, you know, you can either be mentally tough or uh, mentally weak. And, you know, I choose to be mentally tough. Graham Gano joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. So you're warming up on Sunday. You felt good from where? What was the distance that you felt like you told the coaching staff you'd be good from? Um, I, I said we could probably uh, go about 57 yards, you know, in a in a normal situation. Then they asked, the, you know, the time's running down at the end. They said, where are you good from? I said, you know, just wherever. You got adrenaline that kicks in, and, and uh, you feel like you can really hit it from anywhere. 
So you're lining up. What is what is in fact your routine? Um, my routine. Let's see. I run out. You know, first and uh, foremost, I check out the what hash it is. I check out the the spot on the field. You know, depending on where you're playing, the fields are better than others. And um, we just had new turf laid, so ours was pretty pretty solid. And um, then I give the spot to Mike. And the field goal team lines up, and, and we get the ball rolling. When I'm taking my steps back, I'll take a peek at the play clock. And in pregame, I'll uh, figure out where that's at every time. And so it, it's funny. I was backing up on that 63. I didn't even know how far it was. But I look up the play clock, and the, the play clock says four seconds. So I was like, all right, we got to roll. <laughs> I start taking my steps over, and I, I give Mike, like, some pretty aggressive uh, nods. Like, hey, you know, we need to hurry this yeah. up. And, uh Thankfully, they snapped it with one second left, and we were able to to put it through. You mentioned how quickly it happens. So there's this all this discussion about freezing a kicker. Do you call a timeout? Do you not call a timeout? Some teams, the, the defense doesn't have a timeout to call. Um, in all honesty, what is a what is a timeout? Do, what is a what does freezing the kicker do for you? Um, I think it helps you prepare uh, more. So uh, I guess I shouldn't say that. I guess I should say I hate it. So more coaches will freeze me, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I like it. You know, it gives you uh, – I think it's – as a veteran, you know, it gives you a little bit more time to figure out the conditions and, and kind of get more locked in. But, you know, as a, as a young guy, um, I think it could affect you a little bit more. You know, you might be more prone to rushing the kick. And, you know, that happened to me when I was in Washington. And, um, you know, you tend to hurry up a little bit. So that's it's funny that, you know, my, my previous mistakes have, have actually helped me as of late. You know, I, I uh, made sure my timing and rhythm was good the other day. And uh, yeah, so you just uh, you just want to make sure um, you're uh, you're paying attention and, and doing the things that you normally do. Graham Gano joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I saw on I think it's your Instagram page. So you actually have Dempsey's uh, kickoff tee? Is that right? I I have a kickoff tee. That'd be pretty cool to have the one he used. But yeah, I have a. Uh, my wife's uncle actually gave it to me. I think as a Christmas present one year, and I thought it was the coolest gift. It came with a uh, picture of him signing it and a certificate of authenticity. So I just, I thought that's the neatest thing. I mean, it's a small thing, but, you know, obviously to a kicker, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's really cool. Now, it should be pointed out that when Dempsey kicked his field goal, he used a, he used a tee, right? You don't use a tee. Like, teeing it up, that's cheating. So you should have the rightful record, shouldn't you? <laughs> you know what? If it wasn't cheating back then, it, 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 you can't count that as cheating. Um, you know, but... uh I think Prater's got that record. He smoked that field goal. What was it about five years ago? Uh, that's right. But, but that was uh, an altitude. That was an altitude. It was. It was. Um, but you know what? It's it still counts the same uh, in the record books. I think what four or five of us have it. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm just. I feel honored to be up there with with some amazing kickers. Best place to kick is where? Uh, Carolina. Uh, <laughs> okay, take Carolina out of it. Dome or altitude? Um, Dome or altitude? Oh, which man. is better? Dome, dome is awesome. Having uh, kicking in a dome with no wind and and you know a consistent field is is pretty sweet. So you look at those guys that that uh, you know you look at Dan Bailey. He just went from one dome to the other. You're kind of like, man, look he, at this guy. But yeah, um, you know it's uh, you still got to kick the ball far and straight. So uh, you can't can't uh, take that away from the guys. But yeah, dome dome games are pretty sweet. Um, and uh, is is uh, do you guys do you guys harp on laces out? Like from Ace Ventura, is that as big a thing as Ace Ventura made it out to be? Uh, it, it is a big deal. It is the uh, the laces different directions. I've heard Jay Feely talk about it before, but it uh, it'll change the flight of the ball. And um, but yeah, I, I mean JJ, our snapper, does a pretty good job 
uh, snapping the ball. And most of the time, I mean, I'd probably say like 99% of the time, Mike doesn't even have to spin the laces. So by the time he catches the ball, he's already got him facing forward. So they're, uh, I mean, these guys are pretty pretty amazing at what they do. Well, so are you. Listen, congratulations. Uh, for this week, at least, you're the hero. We know we're always just one, field, one missed field goal away from being the GOAT. Enjoy the uh, victory lap, and we appreciate you joining us. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Pleasure's all ours. Graham Gano, how awesome was that? Inside, in, inside the mind of one of the elite kickers in the National Football League. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.